it feels like it took me over. Like I wasn't in control of my life anymore. I was living for constantly going on social media, checking comments, responding to DMs, uploading, thinking about my next video, making sure that it's better than my last video, thinking about the competition of the quality of video, thinking about, I mean, I could just go and go and go. I wasn't fun to be around either. There were times when I have talked to my dad more recently and he says, there were times when you were just, I was around you and I'd be wanting to hang out and you couldn't stop working. Probably the most stressful years of my life. And that includes uh, times when I was heavily addicted to hard drugs and struggling really terribly. There was a couple years since me being online that were so incredibly stressful. And I was so addicted to working and I never turned it off. I never shut off the screens. You want to know something really crazy? Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to tell, I can't believe I'm going to say this publicly. That was the voice of Kate Flowers. She's a dancer, artist, and a vegan author, just to mention a few. She's a woman I really look up to. And you will understand why when you listen to this episode. You're listening to My True North. My name is Kalle Flodin and this is a podcast where I sit down with a fascinating individual who has listened and understood that whisper they were carrying around inside of themselves. That voice telling them it must be more to life than what they have been told. Following your true north is about going after what you want. It is your internal compass unique to you. Let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Kate Flowers. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, if there's someone, probably a few of them, uh, listening right now and haven't heard your name before, could you share a bit about yourself and like who is Kate Flowers? Oh, goodness. That's a loaded question. I've been trying to figure <laughs> that out myself for the last 32 years. I think first and foremost, I would describe myself as an artist and a dancer. I'm a very passionately creative person. I've had a strong focus on health in all ways from physical to mental and have studied mindfulness and meditation for the last 12 years. So that's a huge part of my life. And I've also lived in many different places. I was born in New York City. I grew up partially in New York, partially in Ohio, moved to Tennessee, moved to Florida, moved back to Ohio, moved back to Florida. And I now live in the countryside and uh, have have really made a major shift from my time in New York City. I think that's a snippet. We can start there. Yeah, that's a perfect pitch. Um, I discovered you myself like eight months ago or something on YouTube. Um, can you guess the first video I saw of you ever? Oh, gosh. Um, could it be? This is another thing. I share so many different <laughs> things online. I'm trying to streamline it now. I'm trying to bring it down to, you know, a more generalized topic. But I've talked about things from addiction to being a part of the LGBTQ community to growing up with a gay father to dancing and eating disorders and sharing vegan recipes and i just feel i have a lot to share i I can give you a hint of what the first video i saw was it's um, to be a bit upfront uh, it's ass related i don't even know my own videos um (laughs) the title of the video is why i stopped wiping that was my first ever video with you oh okay okay (laughs) yeah that was a sponsored video yeah Um, but but we had fun no, no, we had a lot of fun filming it. Yeah, and that was the part I like. I really like with it, like the humor part of it, uh, like you and your boyfriend connecting in that way, just making it 
very funny about a kind of a delicate subject, uh, which is bidets. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. That's where it started. I wish I was funnier. I wish I shared more funny things, but I tend to be pretty serious most of the time. <laughs> I share a lot of, you know, serious things online as well, I would say. But most of the time I'm quite, you know, relaxed and happy and, you know, funny, I would say. But for some reason I appear quite serious on my videos. So I try to like almost step out of that role. It's a bit tricky. I have the same exact situation. I understand completely. There is like so much I like could start this interview with uh, everything from like you said ballet dancer having to go through drug addiction uh, how to share your life online everything that comes with that as well uh, but it's one thing i still keep coming back to when i'm looking at your videos no matter what the subject are you're really honest with yourself and your audience so we're just wondering like what is honesty to you and what part does it have in your life mm. We thought the pressure was going to be on you, but these questions are intense. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's interesting because I think that if you were to watch my videos, you would probably assume that I'm a full extrovert. I share so much. I seem like such an open book. Yet when I watch my own videos, I have a hard time recognizing myself sometimes. And that might sound strange because I'm full-blown personality and full-blown sharing, you know, intimate details about my life. And I think I just feel comfortable and natural sharing that because I just imagine that I'm talking to a friend. That's how I've always viewed my relationship with the camera for better or for worse, because it has not always been a healthy relationship to share so much online. However, in sharing my life experience and my truth, it connects to the hearts of other people who have had similar experiences and even people who haven't had similar experiences. There's a, there's a connection in just being authentic. Yeah, I really think so too, because I, my view of it is that we have so much fake online these days. So we're like hungry for something real and want to connect to someone and something. And if we just see these plastic filters over everything all the time, we're not getting through. But looking at people like you and uh, following you or Jonna Jinton, like uh, that looks up to you as well, and you to her, there is something there that is just break through the, the noise, so to speak. Uh, and, and it's really scary to share something that you're really vulnerable about, like uh, fighting in a relationship or talking about your past and stuff. But I think it's a really brave and it's very really, um, necessary as well. I think so too. I, you know, there's very few people that I watch and it would be in the genre of us and her. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I really don't watch much online anymore. I used to and I feel it was very easy for me to click on something that was filled with drama and things that I didn't even really necessarily care about. But um, you just see how easy it is to get hooked into watching something that is meant to be clickbait and is, I don't want to say full of garbage, but it, it, there's <laughs> a, you know what I mean? And I want nothing to do with that. I don't want to be a part of that in any way. And I even feel in my own self that I have been, I even feel that there have been times when I have gotten in the front of the camera and kind of faked it that day. And so I don't think that people necessarily view it that way know that I'm thinking that. I certainly don't talk about it. I even feel that way. I even want to be more real and more authentic. And and I, I, do, I try my best to do that. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think that's what shines through as well in your videos. Uh, if I look at the really popular videos that has gone really well, um, you can see that the ones you're being honest about, like that's what's a breakthrough to people. And that's what makes people reach out to you. But how do you handle that? Uh, since you're, you call yourself an introvert, how do you handle that like interaction with all those thousands of people that's probably writing you stuff? How do you balance that? So this will be the first place that I'm ever talking about this, which is interesting. Ah. I, I, li I like that it's not on my own platform. It's mm -hmm. easier, I think, to share. I think the first year or so, it happened really quickly. I gained a, a fairly large following. I went from you know my first thousand followers, which I was thrilled about. I thought, oh my God, a thousand people want to listen to what I have to say. This is incredible. I can share a positive message with the world. And then I think about three or four months later, it jumped up to 80,000 and it just happened so fast. And there's a part of me that has always just seen it as numbers on a screen. It's hard to fathom the amount of people that it is, whether it's a thousand or 10,000 or 20,000. But then of course, emails, private messages, DMs, comments, you realize this is a lot of attention. This is a lot of um, fo focus on me. And I'm a, a very energetically aware person. I'm a very spiritual person. So I, I think that I didn't realize it, but I think that actually the first couple of years, it took a toll on me. I was too busy at the time and I was too caught up in the go, go, go mode of just keeping it going that I didn't realize how much of a toll it had taken on me until I started to slow down, which has been within the last year and look back and go, holy shit. Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, Is that totally. okay to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy totally shit. Okay. That was a lot. And I don't think that people who haven't experienced it can understand what it feels like because while some of it's really good and beautiful and great feedback and it's, it's appreciated, it's still intense. And then of course, there's the not good feedback that everybody inevitably gets. And over time, that does a number to your mental health um, if you're not really, really careful about it. So I, ha I didn't handle it well. <laughs> um, that's the truth. Yeah, but I think this is nothing we're getting like taught at school ever. Um, like how to handle that amount of like fame, if you want to call it that, um, because it's hard. I relate to you as well, because my channel went from like 700 subscribers to uh, 70,000 in like two months or something. And I wasn't ready for that at all either. Um, so in the beginning, I was feeling I was, I need to respond to everything. I need to be there. People took the time and comment. I'm going to comment back. And I was just, I was not a fun person to be around that first time because I was just on the screen being there because I wanted to, you know, be a part of that thing that people have created for me almost. They were there and I wanted to ride that wave, not lose the opportunity because I felt like this was the thing I've been waiting for. But like you said, when I looked back at it, like that was not healthy at all. I think it's dangerous for the younger generation, for sure. And for me, it happened when I was 27, I think. And even then it felt now I think I'm 32. Now I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, <laughs> it just swept over. It feels like it took over me. It feels like it took me over. Like I wasn't in control of my life anymore. I was living for constantly 
going on social media, checking comments, responding to DMs, uploading, thinking about my next video, making sure that it's better than my last video, thinking about the competition of the quality of video, thinking about, I mean, I could just go and go and go. I wasn't fun to be around either. There were times when I have talked to my dad more recently and he says, there were times when you were just, I was around you and I'd be wanting to hang out and you couldn't stop working. I have an addictive past and- I don't know if that plays a part or not in anything, but I felt I became a workaholic very quickly and with a lot of pressure and a lot of people watching and that amplified it. Yeah, I really think so too. And I was thinking about that when you said it now, like your past with addiction as well, that must pay, like play a bit part of it, I guess, because these platforms are made for us to be sucked into. Uh, just look at YouTube. They have this like comparison thing, like your top... 10 best videos and it compares hour after hour like how good it uh, values next to the other ones you uploaded and my recent one is placed nine now in my heart it doesn't matter because i need to keep uploading but i still still keep seeing like it's nine that wasn't a good video even though it got like you know now it's at fifty thousand views and a shitload of comments and really appreciated but the platform really gets to you because you want to get back there do even better next time and that's scary how much it affects us. Absolutely. I think it's also really important to be talking about this and having this conversation because I think that the audience, these these beautiful people, because they're beautiful people if they're tuning into your channel, right? They they care about important totally. things and and they want to live a meaningful and deep and beautiful life. But it's it's good to be transparent about what it's really like. Otherwise, they see all of that and, you know, Jonah and I have talked about this as well on our end. They see all of that and it looks dreamy. And yet there are days and moments when we're on the other side of that screen and it's uh, hard and that you don't yeah. want to complain because you have this beautiful opportunity. Um, it's a very complicated and complex situation. Absolutely. And I, I just... I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk about it with you and with somebody who understands um, and I think that it's important for people to hear it. Yeah, I think so too, because we like the more we can share about this, more people will understand while it takes a few months sometimes to upload a video uh, or while we can't be online all the time, why we don't answer immediately when someone reach out. Because I s still say to this day that one of the best, best benefits of being self-employed and living out here in the wild is that I can like control my, my own hours but that's also the curse of it because I'm always available for work. I can sit at night during a podcast. I can wake up really early to figure out some idea for the next video. There's like a never ending uh, stream of communication. So I need to physically shut it down, leave the phone downstairs when I'm going upstairs to sleep for the evening. We have this rule, me and Christina in the household here that we're not allowed to look at screens after eight o'clock. Um, if we're not uploading something specifically after that time then. But otherwise we just, we keep going because it's the platform is just sucking us in and it's really hard to uh, step back. And people are asking me out here in the wild, like, how is it to live in the wild? It's amazing sometimes, but it's also really tough work. And a lot of the time I'm sitting here, like in front of a screen with a camera, a lot of technical things around me, but that's the reality of it as well. Yeah, that's so interesting that you said that. It's actually a really beautiful day here today. And I also moved from the city to the country fairly recently, actually. And after having grown up in New York City, which is the city of all yeah. cities, 
New York City is the ultimate city, right? That was where I was born. And then I moved, lived there again from the age of like 19 to 24, 25. I do think that slow living becoming a part of my reality over the last year has been a a lifesaver for me, even though I do still have to work and I do um, still have to produce content. But before this last year, I was still living in cities and doing all of this stuff all the time. And so it felt like I never got a break and I didn't have a rule to turn off my phone. Oh my gosh, my cat is trying to get up. Honey, you have to go down (laughs) sweet. I didn't have a rule to shut off my phone. So I had a couple of years there that were probably the most stressful years of my life. And that includes uh, times when I was heavily addicted to hard drugs and struggling really terribly. There was a couple of years since me being online that were so incredibly stressful. And I was so addicted to working and I never turned it off. I never shut off the screens. And so I have recently made it a really strong point to start doing that. And it is I think everybody should do that, whether they work online or not. We need time away from social media, away from the news, away from greens, and tune into the things that really matter to you and that you really want to see and want to listen to and care about and are enhancing your life in some way and inspiring you. But a lot of the time we just get sucked into a scrolling binge of things that aren't enhancing our lives. What was the biggest shift from you moving from the city to the countryside? What everything. was the like the most <laughs> like, yeah, okay. everything? But what was the most unexpected thing then that you didn't like see coming? I think because I've never lived in the country, the logistics of things like well maintenance and yeah. gardening <laughs> and <laughs> learning how to you know bugs everywhere, <laughs> spiders constantly in the house. Um, you know, I was I. Grew up in New York City. I was a city girl. I only knew the city. And I always thought of myself as someone who loved the country, but I didn't realize uh, how much work it is physically and manually to live in the country. So that was that was kind of a surprise. Um, but I laugh at myself for it because it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I always said is like, if you want an easy life, you should just stay in an apartment. Like everything is fixed for you. If something breaks, just you can just call someone. But if you want a more simple lifestyle, it's going to demand more of you, but you can also gain more from it. Like it's a lot of work just, you know, we don't have running water here in the cabin at all. So we have to go out to the creek and get it ourselves and then heat it up on the stove and then go outside right now in the snow, which is one meter deep and then take a shower there, uh, which is, you know, a lot of hard work. It's still more worth to do that, all that struggle of heating water and getting a shower outside compared to living in a city where I wasn't happy. I would rather do it like a bit tough living and a bit a lot of obstacles and happy than miserable and easy. Absolutely. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about choosing a simpler life or a slower life is that you actually end up doing more of the manual work one way or another, but it's more fulfilling because yeah. you're forced into being present. You're There is no other option. You're not going to complain your way through the process. You're going to accept the process and then in, inevitably enjoy the process where when you're living in the city, there are times when you're not even a part of the process. You don't even know your neighbors. You don't know the people you're meeting at your streets. When like here where I live, I know everyone around the entire lake here. Uh, I know their you know, first and last names. I know their pets. I know their cousins, uh, <laughs> like almost <laughs> too close. Um, but it's nice because you, I know the people around me. I know 
how they're feeling, how they're do, what they're doing. Uh, but I didn't know my next door neighbor uh, in Stockholm, where I live, the main capital of Sweden at all. I lived there for years. Yeah, I had the same experience in all the apartments I lived. I didn't even know the people who lived shared a wall. We shared yeah. a wall and I didn't know them. And yeah, now we have neighbors. We're friendly with them. They have animals and horses and we feed them. And it's, um, it's very, very different, but it's a... I have a similar experience where I'm just so much happier and it has allowed me the time and the space it mentally, the space mentally to have retrospect and to, to notice where I've gone wrong in the last few years with being online and overworking. And then just to, to be able to digest that and to understand that a lot of people are going through that and not everyone can move out to the country. And that's not even necessarily what everybody wants to do. That's not the answer for everybody. And so now I'm, I'm working on creating something that I can share that will help people to live a slower life because no matter what their situation is, no matter how busy they are, because you can always take time to be more mindful and be more grounded regardless of, of where you are and regardless of how much you have going on. And, you know, I have compassion for people. I have a huge heart of <laughs> and feelings of compassion for, for anyone who is really struggling, really going through a hard time in their external life or just even mentally in their own world because I have experienced both of those. I actually watched, re-watched one of your uh, addiction videos where you talk about that. And it's I think it's so important, even if you can't reply to every comment on that video, people are communicating with each other, kind of creating a awareness in that sense as well, like through the comments. You don't have to be the one responding to everything because it's, the comments feels almost lives by itself. Uh, I think that's a beautiful thing as well. You can just put something out there to the universe and people will in some form take care of it and find it and get something out of it, even if it wasn't your intention from the, from the beginning even. Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. I've sometimes gone back and looked at old comments and I think, wow, yeah. these there's people still here, still showing up new people. I have something I filmed two years ago. And yeah. that is the beauty of, of being able to... Uh, share things online, even though it is hard sometimes, you know that it truly is helping another human being on planet Earth. There have been days where <laughs> yeah. I watched, you know, one of Jonah's videos and it just made my whole day better. Yeah. It just did. And she'll say the same thing to me, Kate, I just watched your video. So beautiful. It just made me so happy. <laughs> and I think that's just an amazing thing. We would have never connected yeah. had it not been for YouTube or, you know, the ability to, to find people from across the world. I think you said that in your, one of your more, more recent videos, like you're not that kind of person that reaching out and getting new friends all the time because you're kind of an introvert, but it's, that's what I like about having this lifestyle as well. I can very much choose who I'm bringing into my life. I have more friends now, but the funny thing is that I have almost not met any one of them in like the physical world. I have met them through Zoom or through like Patreon or in the YouTube comments. And yeah, it's just funny that like you have this whole spectra of people out there that you would never have met otherwise. And that I think is just amazing. I would never have met my girlfriend if it wasn't for Jonna. She was commenting on uh, Jonna's blog years ago uh, and she we, we um, connected that way. So thanks to Jonna, I'm having a girlfriend in this lifestyle. Otherwise, I've been, you know, the loner in the woods. So... <laughs> so thanks to John, I'm not single. So, <laughs> but how is it possible for you to 
to live out there in the countryside. You have ebooks and recipes and stuff you're sharing. Um, do you mind sharing like how you make a living these days out there in the countryside? Sure. Yeah. I um, well, everything started with me starting making YouTube videos. I didn't actually have an intention to start a business. The business just—I tell people all the time—the business side of it just kind of happened, and I was yeah. Um, pleasantly surprised. Uh, and then I quit my nine to five job when I realized, oh, wow, this is going to be able to sustain me. And that was from my first ebook that I had ever created, which was a raw vegan recipe ebook. I'm, I was really passionate about, I still am very passionate about making particularly raw recipes because I think it's challenging and there's not very many people doing it. Yeah, it was, it was just quite amazing. I shared my first ebook. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what it meant that I had 80,000 followers. I didn't have any grasp on any of that. And it was really successful. It did really well. And since then I've created six or seven other uh, recipe eBooks and they're all health-based and I really enjoy doing that. And I'm now working on a my very first e-course. So it'll be like a full program. That's taking a lot more work than I ever thought it was yeah, going to. I can't to. expect that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so much work, way more work than creating a recipe ebook. Um, and it's going to be called, it'll probably be out by the time this podcast comes out, but it's going to be called <laughs> S- S- Slow Living for the Stressed Soul. And it's all about mindfulness and creating daily habits. And that is that's it, really. Those those two things. I mean, it's been primarily the eBooks, and um, you know, on YouTube, people think you make a lot of money just by being on YouTube. Yeah, that's you don't. Really <laughs> no, you don't at all. You don't. Um, there's, I've done a, a small handful of sponsored things here and there, but it's very few and far between. I, I've mostly just shared my my recipes and my eBooks. And now I'll be sharing my course, which I'm I'm excited about it because I feel it has the potential to, my passion behind it is because I know what it's like to be in the depths of stress and not even feel like yourself anymore. And I think that's a really devastating feeling. And so if I can figure out what I did and condense it into a program to help other people, that's a gift. That's a gift for me to be able to share that. And so that's that's pretty much how I survive out here. <laughs> yeah, cool. For, for the people listening that want to check it out, I'm leaving a link in the description of the podcast. So you can just click that. So you'll find the, your way to Kate's uh, website so they can click through. But how? what do you think? I was just curious about this because I had the talk with Christina about... I'm getting back to like a, the negative side of the internet again. Sorry for that. But I think it's a bit interesting to talk about. Um I have like a uh, idea that me as a man, I have it easier online, not getting that much hate comments. Uh, I'm a straight guy living in the north of Sweden, having uh, yeah, have a kind of a equal fan base. I would say like 50 women, 50% women, 50% men. But you're putting yourself out there as a woman, talking about really sensitive issues, like in a, in a good way. I mean, but it's like really putting yourself out there um is it some some part of it you can sometime regret or is it just out there and that's the universe taking care of it or how do you feel about sharing that kind of stuff truth yeah always (laughs) i have some regrets i like i said did not realize what it meant to have that many people watching you watching me 
I, you know, I shared so much of my, not just my past. It's easier to talk about the past when you've overcome it and say, here's what I went through. Here's how I overcome it. You can too. You know, it's possible for you to get sober. It's possible for you to do this, 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 because I did this and here's my inspirational story. That's easy or easier. Yeah. (laughs) Still, still sensitive subject. You can look back on it. It's way easier. Exactly. But then I had a public relationship online and I was with that person for six and a half years and it was a a female. So I have the, I'm, I'm not a a male. (laughs) I, (laughs) I'm, I, you know, have a plant-based diet. There's all kinds of vegan controversy online. There's so much drama in that department in the YouTube world that I, at this point, just try to avoid all of it because I feel it's toxic. Um, can be toxic. I am part of the LGBTQ community myself. I shared my public relationship with a woman for many years online together. We made lots of videos together. Then we had a public breakup. That was really hard, (laughs) way harder than I ever portrayed it online because you don't, what are you going to do? Come online and just cry. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I saw the video today, actually. I know that just only a very, very small part of it, like a breaking up video, but I just, I can't even imagine everything, you know, around just creating that video, even just hitting record was just, yeah, it was hurt so much. It was painful. And because we were together for so long and our lives were so intertwined, it was more like a divorce than it was a breakup. I mean, we were so, it was, you know, and even though we both knew it was the right thing, it still was a lot to go through. And imagine going through that in your life. It's a lot. It's sometimes just the hardest thing a person goes through, but then to also have that be public knowledge, you know, I didn't start this thinking that someday I would have to do that, have to make that video. And so that was difficult. And then I hesitated sharing about my, my partner that I have now, because I thought, you know, once you've shared your relationship once, and it's (laughs) been so intense, you just, but then it's impossible to not, to some degree at least. And so the, the answer to your question is, yes, I do have regrets. And, and sometimes I, I wonder what my life would have been like had I not put myself online, even though I know it's, it's helped thousands of people. And I'm so grateful for that. I really, really, really am. Because if I had had that support in the times that I needed it most and had someone to look up to when I was 15 or when I was 20, um, that would have meant everything to me. But it comes with a price. It definitely comes with a price, and and I feel I've I've paid that price, <laughs> and mm-hmm. now I am um, I'm at a point where I'm <laughs> I'm gonna leave the important ones up. There might be a day where I take some videos down if I feel it's doesn't need to be there anymore. And moving forward, I I feel I want to share and I'm a meaningful and deep and important message and a part of my authentic self that I haven't shared before in a, in a different kind of way, but I. I don't see myself sharing every detail of my personal life anymore because even outside of YouTube on Instagram and stuff, I mean, I used to every day share morning to night what I was doing. It was all the time. And I think that that is not healthy for me mentally. I just saw that, saw that shift when I actually found you on Instagram. I, I think that was only like eight months ago or something. I remember just going on your stories. I saw these, you know, small dots that was the stories because I just then I realized, okay, this is 20 stories, like... This is going to be a lot to just to click through and see everything. It's like, oh, it just might be a you know really active day for Kate maybe. And then I saw the next day, equally amount of you know stories and stories after stories. And I know that feeling because you feel like you have to keep it up somehow, um, because people are almost kind of 
not requesting it, but I can feel when I'm not posting in the same tempo I'm usually doing, people are there wanting more all the time. Um, so that is really tricky. But how is your family and partner feeling about your you sharing a bit of their lives as well? I think that at the height of me sharing online, which has been up until recently, I've really only recent, very, very recently taken a major step back. Everyone that has ever been in my life, including my close family, has always just been supportive. You know, for them, they're sitting in a room with me and we're talking and it doesn't okay. feel, they don't feel the same sense of uh, pressure and of either, you know, positivity or negativity in the comments or whatever. They have never let themselves kind of go into that world too far. They were happy to make a video with me or talk with me. My, my partner's very, very shy. He's <laughs> very <laughs> shy. So we didn't, <laughs> we didn't make a lot of videos together, but we would sometimes. And if we were doing dance stuff together, he was not shy because he's a dancer. Um, but it, yeah, it's, uh, they were, they were always supportive. I don't think it really bothered them. I think that since I've been taking a break, they are so much happier and relieved to see that I am doing better. And that I am not putting that super strenuous pressure on myself constantly all the time. And because I've never taken a break yeah. in five years, in five years, I've never taken a break. So if you listen to that, when you say it out loud, it sounds insane. I thought about that like a few weeks ago. Like if you think of yourself as your own boss, like if I would treat an employee the way I treat myself, I would, you know, I would sue that person. It's not okay to treat yourself like you should supposed to work 10 hours a day. You can't sleep. You need to create content. You need to film everything. You need to share every aspect of your life and you need to be constantly available as well. Absolutely insane. And I, re I think I like woke up to that one day. I realized this is fucking crazy. You can't, can I say that? Yeah. You can curse all you want. Okay. I don't curse on my channel, so that's great. <laughs> <It's totally fine. laughs> um, this is fucking crazy. Like I, I, there was a time and not anymore, but there was a time when I would wake up and the first thing I would do is go on Instagram, respond to DMs, look through stories, think about what I'm going to post, maybe even take a selfie in bed. Good morning. The entire day would go. I would think, okay, I have to film today. I have to edit. I have to da, 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 da. I would work from more, from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep and you want to know something really crazy? Oh my god! I can't believe I'm gonna tell. I can't believe I'm gonna say this publicly. I didn't start taking days off. I don't think I even took one day off until maybe like three or four months ago. Oh wow, that's insane! I told. I finally <sighs> hired a virtual assistant. I finally hired Smart. someone. I was because it was just me, you know, and like my ex partner was doing some things. But I finally hired a virtual assistant who's also my designer. She helps me with all kinds of stuff. I don't even want to put one label on her because she's just helps me <laughs> with everything now. And I told her that I hadn't ever taken a day off because even on my days that I didn't have to film or edit, I was putting Instagram stories. That still yeah. counts as work. Yeah, it does. There was in a day that I didn't post an Instagram story for years, for years. And so she said, Kate, you have to start taking days off. <laughs> and, um, and so now I, I take days off. And then when I take days off now, I just want to keep taking days off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's I so think nice I burnt out. Yes. So that's, um, that's the insanity of where I was at. Because there, like you said, this is going to be something I think you'll understand. It feels like 
if you stop making content, there's a part of you that feels like people are waiting for it. But then there's another part of you that feels like they'll just disappear. They'll find something else to watch. You have to keep their attention. You have to keep it um, you know, interesting. You have to keep it beautiful. You have to keep your filmmaking skills up to date. You have to, you know, on Instagram, you have to post a picture that will get enough engagement to keep the engagement so that the people who are following you will still see your post and blah, 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 blah. And it's always something to think about. And that is just, it's just for someone who cares so much about mental health and mindfulness and living a peaceful <laughs> life, it's completely insane. <laughs> just if people only could imagine how many hours I put into like taking thumbnails, like pictures for YouTube, like a really good thumbnail, that is hours just in taking a photo, figuring it out, editing, and uh, just trying to figure out a good title for a video, and uh, double questioning yourself 2000 times. <laughs> Uh, like it's an endless piece of work and the funny thing is me and Christina are doing the same thing today she also has her own YouTube channel and we need to like actively like okay we can talk work tonight because we're gonna continue because we love what we do we love filmmaking we love creating and that's a bit hard sometimes we're like we can't bring our phones on this walk with our dogs but we're gonna make a story out of it otherwise um so we have to actively like phone down, lock the door, go outside, be in nature. That's what you love to do. You just need to realize it again. And I think that you already have a really healthy balance with that, or at least you're building a healthy balance with that. I got way off track because I'm an extreme personality, addictive personality, and I go all the way off off the deep end. So I had to learn it the hard way by really crashing and burning out. Like I, I burn myself out to a crisp. <laughs> And I'm recovering from that still. I haven't posted a YouTube video in almost three months, which is insane for me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. I cannot believe that I haven't. Is it a bit of a relief as well? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is because I've, I needed this break. I care so much about being authentic and being able to help other people in some way or another. And I cannot do that if I'm pouring from an empty cup. I now leave my phone on airplane mode most of the time. And unless I want to turn it on and actively, oh, I should film this. There's a beautiful scenery right now or something like that. But I go on walks without it. I do things without it. There was a time where I did not do anything without my phone. And there's a great book that, you know, for anyone who's interested in phone addiction stuff, if you want to put this in here, you can. If not, that's fine. It's called How to Break Up with Your Phone. It changed my whole perspective. Uh, it really just it really just explained the psychology behind the apps and behind there were some things that I already knew and understood, but it it just gave me a, a, a very fresh perspective on on all of that. And I realized that um, the life that I love and that I want to live is happening offline. And in order for me to be so inspired to live this beautiful life, to be able to share it, if I'm going to share it, I have to be living it, truly living it, and not living what is the working to live living to work you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i totally know what you mean <laughs> yeah but it's a hard balance because you want like if we're going to have a cozy evening here in the cabin um it's not the same thing as i can't have a cozy evening with christina and film a cozy evening with christina i have to choose am i going to film the cozy evening or going to have the cozy evening because most of the time when we have a cozy evening filming it the food gets cold so we're eating cold food because I haven't put up the lighting correctly, the correct way. The lens is the wrong one, so to change that. 
Um, so what you're seeing on the movies are the reality, but it's not exactly that moment that is the reality. It's a reenactment of the reality yeah, to some degree. Exactly. <laughs> and that's okay because it's still sharing something beautiful that is a part of your, your real life. But when you are filming it, you're not in it. That's just a fact. And you can portray like you're in it and I can portray like I'm in it. And we can, you know, it's, we know that when we're watching a movie, a feature film, that these are actors and yeah. they start and stop and they are posed and it's not real, but it's still entertaining and enjoyable and, you know, beautiful piece of art. It's, I think it's the same thing. We're portraying things that we actually do. Uh, but when we are doing them and filming them, we're not necessarily actually doing them. Exactly. That's the funny part of it. When I added my some of my bloopers in my videos at the end, uh, not all of them, because that would be like two hours of video. Uh, but when I started adding like the, the bloopers that I actually did, uh, people connected so... Uh, they really connected with it because they could feel like, oh, he's really fucking up as well. It looks really perfect. I'm, you know perfect English when I'm talking but at the same time I'm really stumbling on the words I'm figuring out what to say and um, yeah so I think it's good to share bloopers the honesty like we're talking about right now as well uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that uh, it is reality but at that moment when we're recording it it's a yeah faked or alternate reality so to speak even if that breaks a bubble for some people, maybe. I don't think so. I think people really do relate to, to I mean, if from as a viewer, you know, if I was watching a video, I could enjoy it so deeply and the beauty of it and the, the cinematography of it and everything. And then if there's a real, a moment of realness in there, I, I love it even more. I, it doesn't take away from that. I think if anything, it adds to it. To round things up, is it something that you want to recommend to people listening? It could be anything. I think that no matter who you are and no matter what you've gone through in your life and no matter where you are now, I think that it's very important to constantly reflect and build on that reflection and that self-awareness uh, because your relationship with yourself is, is the only thing that you're guaranteed to have in this lifetime and outside of this lifetime. And we are so constantly bombarded by external things that makes us lose connection with ourselves sometimes. And so if you, if you take one thing away from this, it is to, I hope that it is to, to build at least five minutes or 10 minutes in your day every day to deepen your, your relationship and your connection with yourself and your ability to love yourself and take care of yourself. Because ultimately, I do think that that's the most important thing any of us can do. I think that's what allows us to heal ourselves and to heal the world that we all live in. That was beautiful. That is what I call a recommendation. I was like expecting, you know, a book, take a walk in the forest, but you just you just went all the way. Perfect. Exactly what I want. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I didn't mean it as a critique. That was a beautiful thing. So people that want to find you, how can they reach out to you? Uh, Kate Flowers. On YouTube, it's Kate Flowers. On everything else, it's at the Kate Flowers. That's it. That's the easiest yeah. way. 
and I will leave the links in the description as well so people can just click through. Thank you so, so much for coming on and talk with me. Uh, I was really, really, really nervous in the beginning. I had my glass here. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I was shaking a bit, actually. I had so much fun talking with you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much for having me. I want to say that this is the first podcast that I have ever accepted. I've gotten offers throughout the years, many, many different offers from different people. And it's, um, I felt really called to do this one as my first one. So I'm really happy that I did it. And then thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be your first one. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what you heard, I would love if you can share the episode on an Instagram story. And if you have any recommendations on future guests, please write me a DM on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts. Bye for now. We'll talk soon.